Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range. Or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Are you ready for a growth spurt? Well, I've got one for you today. One to two times a month, I'll give you a short message that I am calling a growth spurt that will help you narrow in on our focus of the month in ways that are bite-sized and super applicable right away. So let's jump on in. In July, something weird happened, and not just once, but two times. I woke up in the middle of the night writing an episode in my head. The only other time that has happened is when I knew I was supposed to share about my LDS faith crises. But this time it was about a totally different topic that I didn't think merited the same level of depth maybe, or perhaps focus um, or drive. But that's what this episode is going to be about. And while I had this, you know, perfectionist tendency trying to push me to create a whole um, full bonus episode for you that was very detailed and line by line written, that was actually getting in the way of me sharing what I know I need to talk about today. So again, this is not me trying to say, not again, but this is me not trying to say that I am supposed to share this message in a spiritual way, although it totally could be that. 
But this is something that has been on my mind for many months. And the topic I'm going to cover today with you is nuance. And as I said, this is not fully scripted and fleshed out. It's my messy thoughts and done in a shorter way, just as a way for us to connect with each other as a community. So let me tell you what I woke up thinking about. I woke up thinking about how I am not binary in some ways, such as my religious faith. Like I am very binary in terms of what promises I have made um, within my faith and the morals and the values that I keep. But I'm not binary, meaning right, wrong, black, and white, about many things within my faith. I see things with a lot of nuance. And if you have listened to my faith episodes, then you know that this is a very scary thing to lean into for a while. Uh, let's get back to my perfectionist roots to explain this and perhaps to yours as well. Now, I'm talking about the perfectionism roots because that's where we started with About Progress. This was a podcast that was devoted to learning about how to progress outside of perfectionism. And, you know, we've kind of pivoted to just learning about self-development and, well, it's always been a self-development show, but we have pivoted to talking more about transformative growth in sustainable ways. But initially, we talked a lot about perfectionism because that's where I was in my life, was trying to really step past it um, in ways that I was missing for many years. And that went with my binary way of thinking and viewing the world. Growing up, it was so easy to look at things as black and white, right and wrong, good and bad, and to apply that lens to every part of my life. And I'm not just talking about spiritually or even um, with my own personal standards. I'm talking about the ways I viewed food, the ways I viewed body, the ways that I judged others. My family has um, made comments a lot over the last few years about how much I have changed since I was younger. And this is actually one of the biggest ways. And I'm not saying that I'm now morally superior or anything, but I'm not so stuck up. In fact, to be really honest and blunt with you, I can look back and see in much of my childhood and teenage years and young adulthood that I wasn't just seeing the world with black and white. I was seeing it with a superiority. I was seeing it as someone who felt I was morally superior and honestly self-righteous to others. Now, this applied to the way I've talked about spiritually with my body. It applied to politics. It was easier to group the world it was easier to group others. It was easier to to group health and wellness and um, morals into either or binary ways. And that's why it's been so strange for me to realize the past few years that a big part of my own maturity and development has not just been letting go of these perfectionistic tendencies and mindsets. It's also been leaning into nuance. A lot of what drives perfectionism is all or nothing thinking, but that's a lot of what drives many of us in our mindsets about a lot of things. Maybe for you, it's applied to how you have viewed food or your body. Maybe it's come up with you on how you view your own self-development. I can only grow with these extreme actions. Or maybe it's come up for you with your own spirituality or as of late, politics and the way you are viewing world. 
I want to talk about how we can embrace the nuance in our lives and it not be a scary thing, but be a good thing. And again, I'm not asking you to depart morals and values and to leave behind ideologies and doctrines that drive you and the goodness in your life. We're not talking about leaving values. We're talking about seeing the world with nuance and how that is actually an important part of us growing up and developing and it's necessary in our humanity right now. In fact, I think it's the lack of nuance that is really scaring me to death in a lot of ways, both within the country and within homes and within communities and church cultures. It's that binary way of looking at things. It's extremes. So before I talk more about how we can lean into the nuance, and again, this is all messy. I'm just have a few notes written down here. I just wanted to share first why I think we do stay in the nuance, why most of uh, people uh, stay in or not in nuance, how, why most people stay in the binary way of looking at things, the all or nothing way, the black and white, good, evil. And the first is because it feels safe. It feels safe to have really clear lines of what is okay and what is not. And while I feel that way about many moral choices, I don't think that that needs to be the case for how we judge others, how we look at others as good and bad, and how we show up within our faith practices too. And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, for so many years, part of my big years of faith crises was because I was terrified of the nuance that I was discovering. It it scared me. It no longer felt safe. It felt like I was being pushed over a cliff and I didn't know where I was going to land. And that was terrifying. It would have been easier for me to lean into either or. Either I commit to only seeing things with my old black and white lens of, no, this is this is um, this is what I believe and that's and I put everything else on the shelf. Or I just left it all behind. And I've learned that for me, I've embraced the nuance spiritually, which was a terrifying thing to do, that I decided to stay with my faith and to, and to keep my, my morals and my values. But the way it translates is a little different. Like maybe I look at uh, different practices in, in ways I wouldn't have before, or, you know, things in my, my history, or the way others are living their faith in a different lens. Um, I know that's a little bit vague of an example, but I'm going to share more examples soon. So the first reason why I think people stay in that binary way of looking at things is just because it feels safe. It's scary to look at things with nuance. It's scary to look at others um, with nuance too. And I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment. And a second reason I think why it's so easy for us to stay in this binary mindset is because even though we not, we're not intentionally trying to do this, it makes us feel a little superior. Because if we can see things with black and white, good, bad, um, then we know what side we're on, which also not only makes us feel safe, it also makes us feel superior, that we are the only ones doing the right things. Now, it's really interesting. I read um, a piece of fiction, and I'll have to get the name up for you in the show notes, but it was about a Muslim family and how you know they came to the states. And what was interesting to me about it was, I mean, not only was it was a family about it was a story about a family and their own growth and their own drifting apart as well as coming back together. But it was also a story about how one child did not align with the binary ways of their their faith doctrine and their cultural doctrines. And I was surprised about how much I related to all sides of this family. I related to the father and mother who were very 
you know, black and white about it. I related to some of the children who saw things a little differently and with more nuance. Um, and it helped me better understand both sides in a weird way. And I think that is the case for all of us. If you look at many faith doctrines, politic doctrines, um, cultures and communities, there is a right and wrong way according to that community and their set of beliefs. And that also means that they're on the right and that they are morally superior. A big part of me overcoming my perfectionism was realizing that it wasn't just that I was trying to be good, which I was, and that was my number one reason about why I was so perfection-driven for so long, up to the point of it almost self-destructing my entire life. Um, But one of the biggest parts I realized is it wasn't just that I wanted to be good, it's that I wanted to be superior, that I wanted to be better than everyone else. And this applies to binary thinking. So why am I talking about this so much? Because the world is in tumult. It is a scary, terrifying time. And for me, it's scariest because of the extremes in which we are living When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, I'm going to get really honest with you because it's still easy for me to put myself in that I'm on the right side here. I'm on the right side of the politics. I'm the right side of the church culture or my community. I'm on the right side of the way I view what we need to be doing as families and individuals. Like I'm on the right side and everyone else is just stupid. (laughs) I mean, look at Facebook right now. I know that you have friends posting from all sides of politics And you might see some and you're like, yes, that's right. We are on the same side. And then you'll see other posts and then you'll think, oh, they're idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. Um, How can they just believe that? I'm guilty of that too. I want to be very clear with you. It's easy to blame or not to blame. It's easy to flame. (laughs) Let me try this again. It's easier to frame others as good, bad, black, white, instead of seeing the nuance in them. It's easier to discredit their beliefs, their mindsets, the ways they live, their practices, instead of leaning into understanding them. That is the hardest work I think we have as humanity, is instead of labeling, blaming, shaming, is really digging deeper to understanding them. So this is something I've been thinking a lot about, especially with politics lately. And this is not going to be a political episode. I have shared on Instagram who I'm voting for and why. And the reason I'm sharing about that is because of how it brought out the extremes <laughs> in our community. If you could glimpse the the harshness of the DMs I've got, um, you would understand that better. I was automatically seen as a threat to many people who before thought that I was on their side and, you know, vice versa, I'm sure. Um, There were some really nasty comments, but not just to me, but to other people in the community. And it went both ways, so much so that I had to shut down the comments. And I left that day feeling more despondent for our society and humanity than hopeful. And I'd started the post with hopes to just put a face and a name to someone who is seeing things maybe a little differently than people might be in their 
in their, um, what am I trying to say, within arm's reach of themselves to say like, hey, I know you might be wondering who might be voting this way and it's me and let me share why. But it turned into a pretty nasty place to be. I know most of you out there have at least listened to Hamilton. Maybe you got to saw it, see it on Disney+. Plus. Um, I got to see it in person, and it was so amazing. I am so grateful we had that chance, um, especially before the pandemic hit. But when you, I actually um, read the full biography, too, that this musical was based on. And I am lucky enough to be raised by a dad who is obsessed with history, and I have he's passed that obsession on to me. I taught history. I studied humanities in college. I was going to become a a scholar, I guess, um, within history. I was going to study humanities and get my PhD and teach college that that way. And it didn't pan out um, in that way for many reasons that you might also know with my first faith um, crisis episode. But the thing I love so much about studying history is because you get to really see what happened. And guess what? It's a lot of nuance. The sad thing is that much of history is painted in this binary way that we do as humans. Good, bad, right, evil, or right, wrong. Um, and it's not fully accurate. And it's hard to find the correct sources of that. But reading that biography in Hamilton was really eye-opening for me because it reaffirmed something I already knew and loved about who we are as a democracy in the United States. And many of you are not in the United States, but hopefully you have are in democracies or hopefully there's some ability to vote like that within your own countries. But one of the things that reminded me the most about is how the reason that democracy is built on humans who are messy and imperfect, but who have to come together and learn from each other, discuss things together and compromise. Alexander Hamilton was one of the most pivotal people in American history. And he was also someone that a lot of people disagreed against, including our other founding fathers. And when you learn a lot about the the true history of our nation, then you know that democracy is founded basically on people having different ideologies and coming together and compromising. The reason I am so afraid right now for what's going on in the world and in our country is because I see that unwillingness to come together, to listen, to see different points of view, to have perspective and compromise. Instead, I see the shaming. I see the outrage culture that we have um, going on on both sides. I see us being served news that only matches what the algorithms think we want which is extremes. If you've watched The Social Dilemma, then you probably had many jaw-dropping moments like I did. And the one that scared me the most was when they asked the one of the former founders of Pinterest, I believe, or it might have been Facebook, what is something you are scared of happening soon? And he said, well, the, the civil war. And he was dead serious. And they went into a lot of that. I'm not going to rehash the whole documentary. I think everybody needs to watch it. But while I was watching about how, you know, Google and many other algorithms are designed to deliver news to you that matches what you might want to click on, I realized that this had happened to me. When I moved from California to Utah, my newsfeed changed dramatically. 
Now, I usually only use Google to search for things, but when I go on Google on my phone to try to find a recipe or something else I'm looking for, at the, at the bottom I have a newsfeed. And I noticed that my newsfeed went from showing me what it thought I would like in the Bay Area, um, like news sites like CNN, to now showing me Fox news sites. And even if they were on the same topics like Harry and Meghan, because that probably would be something I'd be searching for or a really good recipe, even though it might show like sourdough recipes, the sources would be completely different. And it's because I moved geographically. And it stunned me to realize that this is literally happening. It's easier, again, for us to view other people and to dismiss them because they don't align with our own thoughts and our beliefs. And it's easier to make ourselves feel like we are the morally superior ones because we're on the right side, when really the roles could be reversed. So why am I bringing this all up? Again, I talked about how my own development as a woman has been, and as a, as a disciple, I'd say too, is being willing to see the nuance. This is something I'm trying hard to practice right now. When I do see a post from someone that I valued in my life, and they're saying something that is completely different ideologically, politically, and even religiously than me, I am fighting against my instinct to dismiss to not hear, to not see, and to make myself on the right side. And instead, I'm trying to see someone as a full person, to understand the full story behind why they are at this point in their lives, no matter what it applies to. Again, I'm not just talking about politics here. And that's what I hope we can get back as a world. I'm not just talking about in the United States, although that is definitely front of mind right now. I want us to see each other's humanity I want us to see each other's stories. I want us to see each other's full experiences and development instead of just dismissing. I want us to see us in the world reaching across, whether it's our property lines or the aisles of politics or from congregation to congregation and really embracing our differences and also coming together on the things that we all want and need. Maybe this seems too kumbaya, and I can see that. Maybe this seems scary, and I can see that too, because again, sometimes it's scary for me too. (laughs) But in the end, this strikes me as something far more right than going back to my simplistic binary way of viewing everything like I did before. Seeing things with nuance, embracing it, leaning into it, honestly feels more correct to me. I understand that many of you might not know why I'm talking about this, and that's okay. But for those of you who are feeling this tug, this development, this maturity in this way, and you're a little scared about it, or for those of you who are just wondering what on earth are we going to do about the world right now, and how divided everything is, and how extreme everything is, this is where we start. We start with the nuance. We We see what's out there that we previously thought was binary. And we come to learn people's stories and histories and cultures and better understand so that we can listen and we can come together and rise up as a human race to make the changes we need to, to support the children of the world, to make it a better place for everybody. And if we're going to apply this to personal development, which I am sure I need to, 
How can you lean into the nuance for yourself personally? I had an opportunity to do that just this past week. I am still a work in progress constantly. One of the things that I am trying to be okay with a little bit more is the amount of time that I can exercise and how much. Um, with my history, I definitely still can see this as a black and white thing. Like I can, I'm only supposed to exercise this amount of time a day. And I'm not going to say it because I don't want anyone else to think that that is the wrong or right way. And I also can tell you honestly that I think I'm a little um, twisted still in my viewpoint. So this week I just was recovering from a neck injury that I got while reading through all my comments. <laughs> I really think it was an emotional inner, um, injury last week. Like I was just in the middle of trying to respond to people who were being very harsh, um, both to me and to each other on both sides. And I got this neck injury. So anyway, I was recovering from that this week. And then we just had a lot of things come up with as a family. We had to go, go, go. We demoed our house this weekend. And I wasn't able to do my full time of cardio and my full time of strength training every day. And I had to look at myself and say, Monica, is it really wrong that you can only do 20 minutes of a workout? Or is that enough? And I had to challenge the way that I was viewing things. So how can you do that for yourself, both even individually and as a family and a culture and within a nation too? How can you see how the binary is actually not helping you, how it's not helping those around you in your communities? And how can you lean into understanding better what really is the correct path, which to me is more love, more listening, more learning, more acceptance, both of ourselves and of others. I don't really know if I have a nice, tidy way to wrap this all up, except to say, friends, again, I'm not asking you to abandon your your values and your morals. None of, none of that is on the table. But what is on the table is humanity and seeing each other and coming together better, both for ourselves and as a collective. I'm just going to encourage you to not be afraid of the nuance, embrace it, and see how that helps you develop into a person that you can be proud of. Thanks so much for listening to this mess today. It clearly was not edited, and I know you could hear my uh, five-year-old and his very high-pitched voice <laughs> in the background in the other room, and that's just the way life is right now, but I want you to know he's well taken care of right now. He's playing with his dad. So I am so grateful that you are here, that you gave me space today to share what was on my mind and what I kept getting up in the middle of the night thinking about. And I hope that this helps you in ways that uh, I hope I was pushed to share. Thanks so much. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.